Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the Greg Bedard Patriots Podcast with Nick Cavins. Well, that was fun, of course. Now we talk about the New England Patriots, the one seed in the AFC as they head to their bye week after beating Buffalo on Monday night. A lot of thoughts on this game. But first, I want to tell you the Greg Bedard Patriots podcast with Nick Cattles is brought to you by betonline.ag, the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Greg, let's start here. In the preview, you talked about how the Bills were constructed to beat the Patriots, except for four swing spots. So let's circle back to that, and let's break down each of those swing spots and see how Buffalo did. We begin with the crying, whining Sean McDermott. Uh, your thoughts on McDermott, how he handled the game, and I'm sure you have thoughts on how he handled the post game as well. Yeah, I thought that it was a TKO for Bill Belichick in this realm. And this was the type of game. And, and look, when I, we didn't talk about it at the time, but I hope everybody understands that I said that the bills outside of these four spots were perfectly con- constructed to beat the Patriots uh, in under normal weather conditions, not, <laughs> not in uh tropical storm. Actually it was worse <laughs> than I've, I've covered games in tropical storms that game. And I actually got to go back and look at it. That game reminded me, the only other comparable game that I've covered, and of course I started covering the Patriots in 2010, was 2007, Brett Favre's final season in Green Bay. They went to Chicago, and that wind was worse outside the stadium going into Soldier Field than it was. And, and it was sunny, and it was cold, and I remember Brett Favre after the game, you know, Brett Favre, Iron Man, all-weather hero, saying, I'm not going to lie. It was cold as hell. And <laughs> and I, I got to go back and look at the stats because I remember I was so mad at Mike McCarthy that day because he just kept like shotgun spread. He was throwing the ball in that weather. And I think they ended up losing to Kyle Orton and the Bears that game, the year that they went to the NFC Championship game. And it just shows you how coaching matters. And it mattered huge on Monday night that Bill Belichick knew – before anything even started, exactly what kind of game it was going to be, how he was going to have to manage the game, and then in the game he was going to have to make some adjustments, him and Josh McDaniels, and and, and they did that great, whereas the Bills just, they could not get a handle on anything. I mean, Sean McDermott, and we talked about it on the podcast last week, uh, about McDermott and about how, for some reason, the Patriots bring out the worst in him. He loses his stuff all the time. It trickles down to the team. It affects the team. This was that on steroids. Uh, he he just, when he doesn't have control of the game, when his team's not playing like he wants them to, he, he, he can't handle it. And I thought, you know, the blown timeout, uh, the, the blown challenge, they yep. had to take another timeout. It left him with only one timeout. The whole 
you know, the coin toss and the I think I think Belichick won the game or at least showed that he knew what was going on more than McDermott on the opening toss. You know, because the Bills won the toss and they deferred the the choice to the second half. Yep. And I didn't realize this turn in the game and I tweeted it out once I realized it that there was a rule change a few years ago that you know, you're deferring the choice to the second half. So, but just sticking with the first half. So the Bills defer. Now it's the Patriots' choice. And the Patriots have a, a choice to kick, receive, or defend. And I think in that moment, I think Belichick basically t- played a Jedi mind trick on Sean McDermott. Bill could have taken the wind if he wanted to. He could have said, I want the wind in the second quarter. He didn't do that. He took the ball, I think, knowing that Sean McDermott, if you can follow me here, that Sean McDermott would say, well, there's no way I'm going to give them the ball and the win to start. They're going to get the lead on us, and it's going to be tougher. Mm. So I'm going to uh, I'm going to make them to go into the wind. It almost worked for them after, you know, the Patriots' first two possessions, their first two punts were almost disasters. <laughs> uh, but but it didn't. It all worked out for the Patriots, and I just couldn't believe at halftime, and I tweeted it all through halftime. Of course, people on Twitter are telling me, you're an idiot. There's no way they're not going to take the ball. you got to take the ball, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I don't know. If I'm McDermott, I come out there and I say, we want the win in the fourth quarter because this game's going to come down to the fourth quarter. And that was huge because the Patriots made their field goal uh, to start the fourth quarter. The 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 uh, the Bills missed their field goal into the wind, and then because of that, they had to throw on fourth and fourteen. They couldn't kick a field goal to win the game, and so I just think, I think McDermott was completely out of it. I thought Belichick completely dominated him, and I think that the weather just exaggerated how big of a difference the, the that the Patriots have in terms of coaching, and it was a huge win for Belichick over McDermott, and it left. It left McDermott knew it, Nick. I mean, that's why he said what he did in his press conferences. He yep. knew he was embarrassed. He knew that Bill Belichick just badly outcoached him, exposed him, and he did everything in his pre- post game press conference to say, "Oh, it wasn't my fault. It was everybody else's fault. It was Brian Dayball's fault. It was the players' fault. It was the fumble. You know, uh, Breida's fault for fumbling. All that stuff. He just could not handle it and." I was just the whole night. I was just chuckling to myself because it was just, it was what we talked about last week on steroids. Yeah. I I thought, look, the the Patriots dominated that game. It it was the Nikhil Harry punt, which was a disaster. I don't know why he's back there, especially given the conditions Mm -hmm. that backfired immediately that I thought that was Belichick's biggest misstep having Harry back there. Just, it, it made no sense to me. I know he did some in college, but he hasn't returned a punt for the Patriots. It's unbelievably tough conditions, and you throw the guy out there. As a head coach, you got to put your players in a position to succeed, not fail. And I don't think they did that with Harry on Monday night. But, you know, you look at that, uh, you know, fumble off the face mask, whatever you want to call it, and then the awful roughing call, which was just garbage. <laughs> and, you know, I, I saw, I don't know if it was you, somebody tweeted uh, McDermott. And he's like, he's pointing. I think it was you. Yeah, pointing. I did that. Yeah, yeah, it was me today. He's pointing like, oh, rough in the road. That, yeah. that is such a trash call. Your quarterback is a runner. He's jumping towards the first down marker. I don't know what you're supposed to do if you're Bryant in that situation. Do you let him just leap to the first down and go, here you go. Congratulations. Yeah. I'm this to you. Or you push him out of bounds like he did. I-, I thought it was an awful call. 
I, I thought what was worse than the call was the post game from the Bills. Like, are you kidding Oof. me? Not not just McDermott, but uh, Poyer. Uh, you know, Hyde. Hyde. You know, they're asked about being embarrassed because of the run game. And they got all defensive and butt hurt over it. And so, oh, well, you know, if you take away one big run, no Chuchi. They ran for 222 yards. If you take away the one big run from Harris, they they still ran for over 160. And and you knew they were running the football. Bill Belichick and Josh McDaniels, you know, once that first quarter was done, it was clear. They were not throwing the football very often on Monday night. And your run defense still could not stop Ramondre Stevenson and Damian Harris to a lesser extent after the big run because he got the hammy. But you still could not stop the run. You should have been embarrassed. You should have taken that personally. And instead of getting defensive, you should have taken accountability. And I, I tweeted this at Nick C Radio if you want to follow me. I tweeted this, uh, I, I think it was on, on, yeah, yesterday. I tweeted yesterday that, you know, true teams, true winners, teams that can figure things out, it's all about how they handle adversity. And last year, everything went great for the Bills. They were pretty much yep. healthy, healthy across the board. Their quarterback mm-hmm. played the best season I think he'll ever play. Everything went great. Patriots had a down year. Cam Newton, all that stuff. And we talked about it, Greg, last week. When the Bills won in Buffalo last year because Cam fumbled, Sean McDermott's throwing a parade. Guys are doing yep. cartwheels on the field. If you could drop confetti, they should have dropped confetti. Seriously. And, you know, now this year you lose, and it's just a bunch of whining. Like, you have to handle adversity. You've got to take – if you're Sean McDermott, what do we always hear Belichick say? And he's not some, you know, great media guy as we know. But Belichick, 99.8% of the time, will always start after a bad game. It starts with me. It starts with the coaching staff. We have to coach the players better. And like you said, McDermott's out there pointing fingers. I, I thought it was an absolute embarrassment the way they handled that post game. And I-, I honestly can't wait to see what happens in a few weeks when they play again at Gillette, when the Patriots will actually probably throw the football. I can't wait to see how they all react to that. Uh, the other, the other swing spots. Josh Allen, what'd you think? Uh, you know, I went through it. Um... You know, because at, first of all, I heard my my guy Michael Felger, who has a very weird obsession over Josh mm. Allen. He was he was still gushing about Josh Allen yesterday, and I don't know if it's I don't know if Josh Allen is his illegitimate son uh, <laughs> that he had some sort of wild road trip when he was young out to California, or it's some sort of um, you know I I don't know some sort of physical attraction to Josh Allen. Uh, but I, I went through it and I said, you know what? For for craps and giggles, I'm gonna I'm gonna grade him like I would Mac Jones. And I went through it and I had five plus plays, and some of those weren't even completions, like the throw to Stefan Diggs that he dropped in the end zone. But look, you gotta you gotta factor in the elements in, in this thing. Like you're receiving a ball, like all right, it's one thing to throw it, but it's another thing to like you know, the ball's probably bouncing up and down. Like that's why you're not throwing it deep in those conditions. Like a lot of stuff can go wrong. And I had him for 11 minus plays, including three turnover-worthy plays. Um, you know, look, I thought he played fine. You know, I, I did not think he played bad. Considering the elements, I did not think he played bad. But a few things. You know, I cover Brett Favre. Brett Favre does not lose that game. And, and you know, that those conditions 
are exactly why you have Josh Allen. There's strong winds. He can throw it through a wall. He can run the ball. He's big. He's strong. He's everything you want uh, on a game like that. He's basically the bizarro Mac Jones. Like, whatever Mac Jones isn't, Josh Allen is. And he's designed to excel or at least be the best player on the field in a game like that. And I didn't think he was. I thought, you know – I'm sure Felger will say, well, he made some great throws in that weather. Yeah, you know who else would? Jeff George. And I, Jeff George might have won that game. Jeff George could throw it through a wall too. But that doesn't mean he's a good quarterback. Um, you know, he left he left the pocket early and missed open guys like six times, trying to make a hero play. Uh, terrible plays. He screwed up the first drive of the second quarter. He had a delay of game on second and nine. All of a sudden, it's now second and 14. The sack was his fault. Made a great throw on third down, but it was too little too late. Terrible final two plays of the final uh, first drive of the third quarter. Um, missed an open guy on third down because he was trying to be the hero. Uh, taking the second and goal sack with 8-18 left. I think that's when he was sacked by his own guy. That, look, nobody was open. I understand that. But throw it out of the back of the end zone and live on the next play. Taking the sack, that's nine yards. That led to the missed field goal. Like, that's being a quarterback. That's managing the game. I thought he had three minus plays on the final drive. I thought he rushed the back shoulder throw to Stephon Diggs. That was a beat too early. And it was high. Of course, the weather factored into that. And then the final throw, I think Cole Beasley is the much easier throw there. Uh, he doesn't do that. And then if you watch it from the coach's film from behind, that throw to Stefan Diggs, he tries to throw a touch pass. Like, you got to know what the conditions are. and How am I going to have to throw this ball? Where can I throw that type of ball? He can't throw it to Diggs. He's got to throw a, a line drive pass. And what he tries to do is he tries to throw a touch pass where Diggs can go and get it, and you watch it on the coach's film. The wind knocks it straight down. That's why Miles Bryan almost intercepted it. Instead, he should have said, I need to throw a bullet pass. Cole Beasley is the right play. I, I, I just did not think he played that well. And, of course, you know, the Patriots, I think their decision to throw only three passes in the game and, you know, two came in the fourth quarter, I think, uh, was indicative of what they thought of Josh Allen, that they were like, you know what? The Bills are going to screw up. Josh Allen is going to screw up on a day like this. They do that on a normal day. They'll do it on a day like this. We don't have to do anything. I thought that that decision was an indictment on Josh Allen, and I thought the way the game played out was was totally uh, totally proved that. All right, quickly before we tell the lovely people about betonline.ag, the Bills offensive line, your, your quick recap, those guys. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, uh, you know, going through it, the, the game that uh, – Devon Godchow had the most dominating game probably since, I want to say, Vince Wilfork. I think it was a Ravens game in the playoffs. I mean, he Devon Godchow owned the game. And look, I like Devon Godchow. He's not that good. We talked about Mitch Morris last week on how bad he is at center and about how Devon Godchow and Carl Davis could win that matchup. And Godchow just completely owned that matchup. Their offensive line was terrible all over the place. The Patriots did did a really good job up front. And then the the fourth one that I pointed out, the mismatch, and the, where the guy had to play good was Tremaine Edwards. Uh, Tremaine Edmonds. I did it again. I spelled it Edwards again. God damn it. Um, 
<laughs> but you just look at the two biggest runs, in my opinion, that the Patriots had in the game. The touchdown run, Edmonds is completely runs himself out of the play. And then the yep. other big one, and they even broke this down also. I didn't see this till after the fact. I broke down two running plays on my uh, three plays to a victory. The, uh, the da- Damian Harris touchdown. And then to me, the Ramondre Stevenson 10-yard run on second and nine at the end of the third quarter was uh, probably the second biggest play. The third one was probably the Johnu Smith catch because both of those last two plays, the Smith catch and the Stevenson run, flipped the quarter. If the Patriots come up short, if they don't get anything on those plays, the Bills probably call a timeout. The Patriots have to punt into the wind, and it's a little bit of a different game. The Patriots convert there. It flips to the next quarter and gets them the win behind them, and they both they both yield field goals. And I thought the Stevenson uh, 10-yard run off tackle, that's another play where Edmonds and also Milano just they, they take – they don't go over the top. They don't scrape over the top. They get caught up. It was just – Tremaine Edmonds was not good in this game. He was completely exposed uh, like I thought the Patriots would, and and he was a huge reason why the Patriots were so successful on the ground. You bring up the uh, John O. Smith catch, and, man, that's a sore spot for me. I had a, uh, I had a parlay within that game, and I had Damian Harris over, I think it was 51.5 rushing yards. I had mm-hmm. Damian Harris as an anytime touchdown score. Boom, 64-yard touchdown. I got two of my three in the parlay. The last one was last one was Janu Smith, 16 and a half receiving yards. I took the over. He caught that pass for 12 yards. I'm like, oh baby, all I need is five more yards from Janu Smith. And then Mac throws two more passes the rest of the night. And I lost out on my bet. Well, Nick, just one thing on that, real quick. You know, I watched that play a bunch of times on on the coach's film. It, it was a nice catch the way it ended up. I still have my doubts on whether it was a good catch or not. Like, I think that I, – I think it was another example of Jonu Smith just, like, stopping his feet and, like, if he keeps going, oh, if he just keeps come. running, like, and even even he hits the ball, like, after the play. And I don't know if he, he if that indicated, oh, if Matt gives me a better pass, then I go, or if I catch it better – I think that he, he stopped his feet again. We've talked about it before. Every time you throw in the ball, it's like he's trying. you're throwing a baby to him. Like he stops <laughs> his feet and like he waits for it. Like it's the, you know, and I thought that time, I thought he also stopped his feet and that, but if he kept going, I think it's right there. He turns the corner and he gets your parlay. But then again, that's Johnny Smith for you. Damn it. So I would have hit my bet. Speaking of bet, betonline.ag, Greg, tell the fine people all about it. Yeah, Bet Online has you covered all season. Uh, more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football se- season continues the march to the playoffs. And we are getting down to it. The Patriots finally have their bye week, but they will be back. Colts game, the Bills rematch. You thought they were red ass in the cold. Wait till they get back here after that loss. <laughs> uh, Bet Online remains your number one spot for all sports action this season. Head to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code CLNS50 to receive your bonus. That's CLNS50 to receive your bonus from basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for this season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. 
betonline.ag, where the game starts. All right, so we have a number of things we got to go through. It's going to be somewhat rapid fire here. Yeah. Uh, Greg has a time limit today, so we've got to get all of this in as quickly as we can. Let's let's just start with the offensive approach. Uh, some people questioning what the Patriots did, having Mac throw only three times. Your reaction to that? I, I just don't understand it. I, I don't understand these people. And now, you know, these people who say this crap now, you know, when, they, when they're yelling at Josh McDaniels, uh, to, you know, what are you doing on third down? What do you, I mean, it's just, it's just ridiculous. They won the game. The game played out exactly how they wanted to. What, oh, what? It was too close at the end for you. You were afraid of Josh Allen. The Patriots obviously weren't afraid of Josh Allen. They kept giving him the ball back. They knew he wasn't going to score. And if it wasn't for Nikhil Harry's muff, I called it a fumble. And, you know, God forbid people are like, no, he actually never possessed it. It was a muff. Okay. So there's that. But if Nikhil Harry doesn't do that, and that was the one thing, that you can question Bill Belichick about. Like you said, what the hell is he doing back there? Uh, if he doesn't do that, the Patriots win that game going away. And look, Belichick knew what kind of game it was. He knows what he has in his team. I'm sorry, Mac Jones on that night was not going to be a good thing. I mean, the you know, the, the completion to Johnny Smith, it could have sailed over his head and into somebody's arms. Like, they just knew. As long as we play discipline and mistake-free and the Bills keep going with light personnel against them and they have a personnel advantage, we're just going to keep doing that. So I, I think those people are absolutely crazy who are – and you still hear people calling in the sports talk radio like, why did they throw here? Why did they do – like, just shut up. They won the game. That's all that matters. Just shut up. I do think they could have thrown a couple of more times in certain you know situations. But, look, they – they won the game. Overall, they did what they needed to do to win the game on the road against a team that is a division rival. They kept their one seed. It worked, right? So even if I did not think that it was always the right thing to do, it worked. So at that point, I have to shut up and say they're the one seed going into their bye. Uh, the analytics crowd, uh, they have trouble with a game like this, Greg. Uh, what do you have to say to, to the analytics peeps? Yeah, I, I had a little bit of a Twitter discussion discussion with Mina Kimes um, yesterday from ESPN, and Mina does a great job. She knows the game. She's yeah. very heavily in, the, in analytics. She's great at what she does. Um, you know, I just think sometimes she gets a little bit too much into the analytics, and and they the analytics crowd doesn't understand this game. Like they they it, it, they can't compute. Like that basically, they're like, well, the Patriots. Um, could have made better choices, but it was just the bill screwed up. They don't understand that. That's all part of the the decision-making. Like, no chart tells you – Belichick went into this game, and he's like, Josh Allen, Sean McDermott, those guys, they, they are going to make mistakes. I know they are going to make mistakes. I don't have a chart that's going to show you that because this is unprecedented, these conditions. But – that's what I think is going to happen, and that's how I'm going to measure the game. That, you know, the Bills make mistakes and left plays on the field. That was all part of the calculation for Bill Belichick. And it was anybody who knows football who doesn't just look at a spreadsheet and see like, oh, well, this is expected points per pass or whatever, all that crap. Like, if you went into that game, you're thinking, all right, well, the Patriots are, are the more disciplined team. They don't turn the ball over. Like you said, 
you know, in our preview pod, the Bills had turned the ball over like 11 times in their last four games or something like that. And those that's in good, good weather conditions. And they just this is this is one of those games. I love these games where it's just it, it just sidelines the analytics people because they just it doesn't compute for them. None of it. They don't understand that it's a lot of this game is feel. It's human emotion. It's the elements. It's things like that. That doesn't show up on a spreadsheet. Bill Belichick, the GM, has been criticized recently, you know, over the past couple of years. Not so much this year because, of course, they're winning. They've had a couple of good drafts in a row. But Belichick has structured this roster in a certain way. And, Greg, you thought that made a big difference on Monday night. Yeah, I did. I thought that this was a huge win for Belichick's roster construction. And 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 I was trying to think if if I had any real issues other than, like, Dietrich Wise, who – yeah, he was in the game, but he really didn't do much in the game. A few things here and there. But I was trying to think of – and look, I've been critical sometimes of Belichick's choices, uh, especially, you know, in regards to special teams and and some of the guys he plays. Um, but I can't think of any guys in this game that that I've had uh, a big issue with. I mean, even Godchow, uh, he did not play good early in the season. I don't care how he played, you know, in this game. It, that, that has nothing to do with – previous weeks. Uh, but I thought that Belichick's and, and something, something listening to Mike Lombardi's podcast, it sort of reminded me of this, that, uh, that he talked about, you know, matchups and being able to, you know, construct your roster in a different way. Like even, and this was before the Patriots bills game. So he, he recorded this on Monday before the game. And he talked about how, you know, wide receivers, you need to construct almost your your room as like a basketball team. You need a point guard. You need a shooting guard. You need a power forward. You need a center and stuff like that. And I think Belichick, look, Lombardi worked for a long time for Belichick. He believes the same sort of things. And I think that the Patriots' ability to, uh, before this game, call up like uh, Daniel Ukulele or whatever that guy's name is, who had a sack <laughs> in, in the game. I had, I had no idea who that was when he made this. <laughs> I know. When he, when he made the sack, like, I was like, who the hell is 95? Yeah. Uh, but to be able to call up a guy like that and say, see the game and be like, well, we're going to need more defensive linemen. Or, you know, we're going to have uh, Michael Wenu as the sixth offensive lineman. And we're going to be able to put Nikhil Harry in for Jacoby Myers, who Jacoby Myers couldn't block his way out of a paper bag in this game. And we're going to put Nikhil Harry in there to just be a run blocker like their ability to be able to shift their roster to play a game like this was basically anybody who ever wanted to blow anybody about Belichick and his roster construction. Why is this guy on this team? It's for a game like this. Now, do I think that these games uh, are require that you have some of the guys that he has on the roster? No, but this was, you know, and so this was one game, but there's no question that, the Patriots roster construction was way better than the bills. The bills couldn't really answer the Patriots. Their best runs came out of their tank personnel, running back, fullback, tight end, uh, Michael Wenu and one wide receiver. I think that's right. Two tight ends, two backs and one wide receiver. And the bills, that's basically goal line offense. The bills never, they couldn't field goal line defense. So they just had base personnel out there. Just by the math alone, the Patriots have a huge mass advantage. They have a huge size advantage. You know, when the safeties come up, 
they're going to have to take on Jakob Johnson or uh, Jonu Smith or Michael Wenu. Like they just, it's just math. And so the Bills couldn't match up. The Patriots won the game even before it started. Belichick loves Sun Tzu. One of those things, the the battle is won before it even begins. That was an example of that. All right, the quickest three up, three down we've ever done. Three up, we've talked about God Chow. He's on your list. Uh, Ramondre Stevenson. I, I thought he was tremendous. He was a freaking bowling ball in this game. He didn't, you know, he was like 23 for 78, but just he never goes down. He always falls forward. He's, you know, broken tackles all over the place. I thought he was spectacular. And and my third, uh, Kyle Vannoy, I thought, did an excellent job on the edge against Josh Allen, keeping him in the pocket. He also did a really nice job in the run game. Uh, and... and I have to give up also for the offensive line minus Trent Brown and Michael Winnie. I did not think that they were great. They weren't bad. They weren't great. They just weren't as good as David Anders was great. Shaq Mason was great. Ted Karras was great. And Isaiah Wynn was pretty good. I just thought the, those other two guys were a step down. All right. Let's look at speaking of being a step down. Let's look at the three down. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people are going to say, oh, Nikhil Harry's just great blocker. Look, it's all size. It's only – if you gave Jacoby Myers Nikhil Harry's size, he would probably be a better blocker. He was okay blocking. He also missed some blocks. And, of course, the muff was the biggest thing in the game. Myers was my second down. He could not block in this game. He could not hand hold up physically. I think that's why part of the reason why they went to Nikhil Harry and those formations – and then my third down, this will be a little bit of a surprise, but Matthew Judon, you know, the Bills' two biggest plays, uh, there was a run uh, that he gave up the edge on, and then yep. also Josh Allen's big scramble. Yep. You know, Kyle Van Noy was perfect on the other side of the field against all that stuff. Matthew Judon was not. It could have cost the Patriots. Luckily, it didn't. He did have – did he have a sack? I think, yeah, he did yeah. have a sack, but that was a coverage sack. Uh you know, he wasn't terrible, but this is now two weeks in a row where I don't think Judon has been great, but uh, still not bad or anything like that. Yeah, the Allen big run, he just got way too far down the field and just let Allen shoot straight up, and, and that was not ideal. Uh, the BostonSportsJournal.com member question of the day. Check him out at BSJ, thirty nine ninety nine on their annual plan. Top-notch analysis of all the Boston pro sports. We won't talk about that uh, Celtics loss last night. Uh, you also, if you're a patch junkie, which you are listening to this pod, membership at BSJ gives you access to a ton of video analysis that Greg does on the coaches' film and direct access to him in weekly chats. Greg, does this approach that we saw on Monday night say anything to you about Mac Jones? Not really. I'm not ready to say that. Um, you know, I we don't know what happened in practice this week. Mac Jones could have had a bad practice, and they said, you know what, we're not throwing at all in this conditions. But I, I, I really – I don't think that's it. Um, I just think this was Bill Belichick just managing the game. And I think he thought the Bills can never match up with us as long as we execute in the running game well enough. Uh, they're never going to be able to match up. Josh Allen is going to make a mistake. Uh, we don't think if they have to drive the field or at least half the field in these conditions, we don't think they're, they're, they're going to be able to do that. That was largely uh, correct outside of the Nikhil Harry muff. And they just decided to manage the game. I, I, I don't think it would have been a good idea for Mac to pass in, in this weather. Uh, sometimes he's challenged with his arm strength. On a day like that, I mean, 
He throws a good spiral, but you also have to have a lot of heat on the ball. Uh, I just thought it was a wise decision. I'm not ready to say any of that stuff. And, and you know, we'll defer. We'll continue to kick the can down the road on whether Mac Jones is good in the cold weather. Again, I don't have an opinion on that. I'm waiting to see. And I, I will just kick it down the road till we'll see. Well, Greg's going to kick me down the road. I'm going to be out the next couple of weeks because I have to move. I'll have all my stuff packed in storage. Hopefully it's not an epic disaster. I'm heading out to good old California, uh, flying out on Friday. So the next couple pods, uh, Greg will have a pinch hitter for me. Uh, don't forget, though, the Greg Bedard Patriots podcast with Nick Cattles brought to you by betonline.ag. Uh, just a fantastic, fantastic website. Check it out when you have a chance to. Uh, and again, the John o. Smith thing killed me on Monday night. But hey. That's that's the betting world, as we say. Uh, everybody have a good week. Of course, we got to buy, so you kind of kick your feet up, then get ready for at the Colts Saturday primetime, and then again against the Bills at Gillette Stadium. He's Greg. I'm Nick. Be well. Be safe.